rise for the Honorable J.P. Brown. Welcome to Files and Family Court. I am your host, J.P. Brown. I'd like to take this time to welcome back all of our return listeners, as well as give a first-time welcome to all of our first-time listeners. If you are a first-time listener of this podcast, this is a podcast where we talk about father's rights, parental alienation, as well as the effects of family court. It's important we talk about this topic because it's a social injustice that rarely gets talked about. Fatherlessness is an open problem here, uh, not just in America, but across the world. Uh, fatherlessness is a known problem, but yet we continue to cut off leaves and ignore the fact that the weeds are growing and they have roots. Instead of yanking out the problem from the roots, we are um, really spending all our money on shears to keep cutting and trimming the leaves off of the tree. Um, And we need to address the fact that fathers don't have equal rights to the children that they equally help create instead of ignoring it. And I do believe this could fix a lot of our problems uh, just from overall quality of people to prison you know what i mean just decreasing our prison numbers i think a lot of things can happen you start putting fathers making sure that they're back in homes and giving them the right um to you know be parents i think a lot of things can change um i think we've been i think we've taken uh i think we've taken fathers out of the homes for the last uh 30 plus years, 40 years, and I think we can clearly see there's been a decline in, in people and how people treat each other just tremendously as a whole since we have just completely decimated the family. And uh, I have been on a mission to podcast, have fathers tell stories about it, and that's what we've been doing all season two, all season three. We're going to continue to do that here tonight. Uh, Tonight we'll be talking to Mike. Mike is calling from SoCal, Southern California. Excited to hear his story. As with every father, I hope you listen to this interview with a uh, open heart, open ears, man, and try to learn something from it, man. Hopefully, he says something that can that can hit home for you. If this if this does help you in any sort, or if you just want to help, you want to be a part of the movement, you don't need to start your own podcast. You could right here on Anchor. Or um, you could just take this link, copy it, paste it somewhere, and, 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 and put it somewhere where someone else can hear it. Um, get in the game. Don't just sit on the sideline and watch. Get in the game. Enjoy. All right, so on today's episode of Fathers and Family Court, uh, we'll be talking to Mike. Mike is 26 years old. He has three children. Uh and he's calling from SoCal. Um, don't know much about Southern California here about it, um, but never been west. So I'm I'm really thankful uh, to have people on the show who can talk to me about this place and tell me about this place firsthand. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, I'm excited to hear about Mike's story. I heard some of what he has been going through, but uh, obviously not not uh, not all of what he's been going through. So um, excited to hear what he has to say. Uh, without any further ado, Mike, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How about you, man? Oh, man, God's been really good. I'm happy to have the opportunity to be creating um, content, man, for fathers. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I believe every dad has something special to say. Uh, yeah. So, uh, before we get into it, did you have your dad growing up, man? 
no, you know, I got my stepfather when I was around eight years old, and he's the one that kind of he told me that I how to be a, a you know a good dad, a, a good role So, uh, so even to this day, are you cool with your dad or no? Yeah, I definitely am. Uh, my biological father, uh, he was in prison. Uh, he came out, and uh, me and him didn't really mesh too well. Uh, me and my stepfather, we're, we're still really close, and, uh, you know, he's still there for me. Throughout all the steps of this whole court process and everything, he was there. And I ask this because um, it gives us, a, just gives us some, uh, some um, background just on, like, who, you know what I mean? Like, um, just background on, like, you know, why you would want to be the dad type of dad. Just gives us a, a quick little view. So, yeah, man, because um, I believe, man, if your dad was in prison, well, obviously you didn't want to be in prison for your son. You know, if your stepdad was there for you, showing you a great example of what a dad should be, well, then obviously now you're going to want to be that type of dad or better. You know what I mean? So that's powerful. Um, all right, man, so how, how do you want to get started, man? How, 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 did, it all, how did it all go down? How, we could, you could tell the story from wherever you'd like to start from. Sure, bro. Um, uh... <clears throat> I was uh, real head over heels for uh, my ex, and, uh, you know, we were together for six, seven years. Uh, she ended up cheating on me while she was seven months pregnant with my uh, my youngest child. And, uh, you know, things just went real downhill uh, from there. We, uh, we She started the whole court process, and I was still trying to make it work with her. And then, uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out. And then uh, we, we started doing the whole co-parent thing. And uh, she ended up getting involved with this dude in prison. You know, he would call and threaten me and do all this good stuff. And uh, that's when everything went real downhill. There was no more co-parenting communication. Uh, she would hold the children. She would use them as weapons against me, you know. And uh, the kids would come home telling me about, like, the stuff that she was talking to, uh, to her about me, you know, just lying about it and you know, uh, kind of just like defamating my character type deal. But yeah, you know, it's been, uh, it's been four years. We've been fighting, uh, going to court the whole time. COVID was a real big thing, uh, with the whole court process, uh, switching up from going in and making appearances to court and then coming and then just, you know, phoning in and doing all that sort of stuff. So, uh, so, what's the longest amount of time that uh, I imagine she's taking the kids from you? You were telling me multiple times. Like, how? What's the longest amount of time you've been without seeing your uh, without seeing your children? You know, that was real recent. Uh, I went uh, seven weeks without seeing my kids. Um, other than that, she come up to right around that seven week mark, six seven weeks, and uh, that's usually around the standard amount of time she'd keep them from me. Okay, so it's usually about a six to seven week period she keeps them. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay, man. And 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 the reason I'm asking because it's like, all right, man. So all right, well, all right, well, let's get a little bit into it. So how did how, so the first time she took them from you? Obviously, you're used to raising them and stuff. You're used to being their dad, right? So like, how how'd you handle the alienation uh, the first time she took them? Like how? Do you remember, or like, like, how'd you handle yourself? 
you know, uh, I kind of fell into like a little of a, a depression. Mm-hmm. I, you know, hard to pick myself out of bed. Uh, you know, I kind of felt like there was nothing that I could do. She already, you know, uh, I lost her. Feels like she's taking the kids. Uh, I'm gonna be uh, working, not even just working. You know, working 64, 72, 80, 80 hours a week, and I'm never gonna see any of it. I felt like my life was just pretty much over at that point. Uh, it wasn't until they found a, a good therapist that, you know, kind of knocked me back into shape. And I started picking up the fights and started to get my children rather than just to, like, wallow in that, that dark face. No, man, and, and and we hear this a lot on this podcast, man. Once a, once a man's child is stolen in his ability to be a father and a, and a parent and a protector and a lover and a... Uh, just a provider for his children is literally taken from him and then he's told, well, go to the state or the state is being used as a shield. When the state is, the system is supposed to be put there to, to make sure things are fair and not to, folks shouldn't fear it. You know, I, I feel like if folks didn't fear the system so much, if maybe if they didn't like shake people down and break them, try to break people so much, then folks would just, wouldn't be so like, hesitant to even have to deal with them they don't want to go to see it they don't want to have to go see some bully i mean yeah there'll be the people who aren't afraid of bullies who will go in there and be like all right look i want my kids i love my kids so much i'm here to see the bully now bully please do what you know you're supposed to do follow the law you know what i mean but other than that a lot of dads are spooked let's make it so folks aren't spooked at you why should why should dads be afraid of the system because yeah, man, it's it's crazy, but it's like you you fall into this depression. What if it wasn't? What if it was illegal for uh, your kids to have been taken? Then now we're talking something different. You know what I mean? Because now it's like okay, now you're protected as a parent. Now you're being treated like a parent. Now it's not just a one way street. But let's get into it a little bit, man. So you found a good therapist, um, and then what started changing? Like, what would you start doing different after, like, after that? You said the therapist kicked you in gear. So, what would you start doing differently? Well, what I, uh, you know, I started. I put in all the paperwork that I had to file. Uh, you know, I made it clear that I, you know, I wanted uh, rights to my children as well. Um, she still lived pretty close to me, so I said, "Hey, you know, like, uh, the kids deserve both of us. It's, it should be a fifty-fifty deal. We'll make it work. I'll drive them to school. You know, we'll, we'll just do that." And it worked out for about a year, uh, not beautifully, of course, you know, we still had our quirks and everything, but um, for the most part, the kids were going to school, they were seeing both parents, it was 50-50, we were able to be even a, a little cordial through it, <clears throat> but um, yeah, you know, uh, after uh, all that good stuff, she had, uh, she had got kicked out of her parents' house, and um, she ended up moving a couple hours away. And she called me and she was making demands, you know, they're, they're going, they're going to be over here. They're going to school out here. Um, it is what it is. Like, you know, you just deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her, oh, like the kids are in a great school right now. They've been in the school. They've made friends. Um, like I was driving the extra 30 minutes just to, uh, you know, kind of help her out, you know, so uh, the kids could have both of us and they could still go to school and, be in a good school and, you know, have the same friends that they grew up because I moved around a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So the friends, that, that means a, a good amount of 
a good amount to me, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, she ended up moving, and uh, uh, we had a court date set. Uh, COVID hit, and then um, they rescheduled my court case three times. I kept calling and kept calling, trying to get the new court dates, new court date. And then um, one day I, I went to go pick up my children, and she told me that uh, the court I had missed court, and I had just paid ten thousand bucks to a a lawyer, but since COVID had hit, he had not made contact with the courts, so the courts didn't know he, I, he was under, you know, with me, so they didn't send him a notice, they didn't send me a notice, and I lost my uh, days with my children. $10,000, this ass should have motherfucking knew what he, what he what was going on. $10,000, bro? I pay you 10 bands, you know what's going on, man. Up right. front, bro, I'm I'm paying you to know what's going on, man. No mishaps, no none of that, bro. Because there's people out here, bro, out here. I had I just talked to a pro se coach, man, who was passionate about it. Like, he's out here teaching people how to represent themselves with this life, man. You know what I mean? And, like, we got people out here that dedicated to doing what's right and making, you know, following... Doing what's right, bro. Come on, man. That's that's hurtful to know, man. Because no dad should be paying attention. We had our last caller, KD, episode 19. He says he paid it for his first child. There was a point in his case, he said that he his lawyer asked the judge, asked him how much he paid. He had paid $28,000. And then he asked he asked this child's mom, how much have you paid? And she said $250,000. She had paid up until that point in the case when when that was said in court. She had paid two hundred and fifty bucks. He had paid twenty eight thousand, and this was just like that's this was documented money he had spent on lawyers and court and motions. You know what I mean? Oh man! Yeah. So these folks are getting broken down, man, and it's sad to hear that you had to pay ten thousand all to get your case rescheduled three times you said <laughs> that's, that's yeah that's crazy you know, the, one of the worst things about it was uh, these last two hearings you know so the last uh, four or five months it's come to a peak and uh, I hardly I was hardly seeing my children and uh, these last yeah four or five months we had two court dates and she didn't show up for either of them and the judge just uh, said, well, I don't know why she didn't show up. I'm not going to change anything. You know, I won't lie to you. I have did a couple podcasts about that my own self here, bro, before things started moving around in my case, which took a while. But again, listen, bro, like I like this person didn't come to court like the whole front part of. Like, didn't come to court for, like, two... Court was going for, like, from October. This person didn't show up to a hearing till like, the end of December, right? Nothing nothing went my way. I'm showing up. They acting like... Bro, I'm telling you. They're... Oh, I don't know where she is. Bro, well, listen. If the other party ain't got enough sense to show up, then we we move... Well, show goes on. They not here. You know what I mean? It's you, a be here. You right. know what I mean? So I, I don't know. That is quite interesting, man. But I, again, I do know also. Sometimes it's not personal, bro. So the law is 
they're doing their job. You know what I mean? Like the law is not wrote for you to get the upper hand in in this. Like the law isn't wrote for me or you to throw their system off. It's wrote and designed for us to be on the back end of this thing. Getting jumped on. That's what it's designed to do. You know what I mean? But yeah, man, let's get into it some more, man. So she doesn't show up to these hearings. So she takes the kids. All right, so look. Your court date gets uh, rescheduled three times, right? She takes the kids. Um, and then uh, she basically said you missed a court date. Um, so, so, and then what? And then, so what? And then that was... So she doesn't show up to court after after that. No, um, I stopped seeing the kids for uh, seven weeks, and uh, you know, and that's you know, I take it's a two hour drive there, two hour drive back, so, and I have to do it every Friday. So um, every Friday I'm out there, and it's a depressing drive there because I know I'm not going to get them. Then uh, I have to call the cops, and then you know it, it takes them like an hour, an hour and a half to show up. And even sometimes they try to say, hey, you know, they're, uh, the whole defund the police thing, we don't send cops out for that. I'm calling, you know, uh, watch commanders and asking to speak to lieutenants so I can get someone, uh, an officer out there. Just, just give me a card so I can prove in court. But, I, you know, I made the effort to go out there and she's still not giving them to me. So, uh, yeah, after seven weeks of that, um, Father's Day weekend was coming up and... Uh, I was just kind of dragging myself out of bed with it, you know, even kind of contemplating just not going. It's like, you know, it's been, what, two months? Uh, it was a day after court, she didn't show up. And, um... So we're talking, what, today is Monday. Right. So on Friday, you hadn't seen your kids for two months. It was at its longest point. Right, right. Um, now, Thursday, was there any prayer involved, like, in this? Prayer? Yeah. Oh, man. I have my grandma's church group all praying for me, everybody. And, uh, well, damn it. Why was you about to leave that out? That's important. That's who came in. You should, 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 should come on, brother. Oh, yeah, so no, you was prayed I, up. All right, bet. Okay. Uh, every week, every week, whether I get them or not, you know, I got a, I got prayer groups and all that stuff uh, for me every week that I go over there just so I can see my children and my family can see, uh, you know, my children. You know, we're real family oriented here. You know, my brother um, uh, is here all the time just to see them. My grandma, she adores all of them. Mm-hmm. Like my uh, aunt and her, her two kids come out over every Friday and make sure to barbecue. That way, the kids have like that whole family environment. They know their cousins and Ninas and Ninos and all that good stuff. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your family was probably praying for him for him too, bro. And one time I asked my grandma, bro, I say, man, I'm like, now let's make some sense of this. Like, I had seemed to have some pretty amazing insurance coverage before I was even paying attention to God. Mm. Could you explain that? She, she looked at me and said, like, when people cover you with prayer, you know what I'm saying? It could be somebody praying next to you who don't know you praying for, they praying for you. They got it. They, you covered I'm, I was, I remember, like, I remember being young, like, man, like, that's, that's amazing grace, that really is, man, it's the merciful stuff, but, like, yeah, bro, so, your family was probably prayed up, that's powerful, bro, but you guys was wanted to give them a, just a good family environment. 
you know, uh, just wanted to stay close. Uh, you know, growing up, you know, uh, like I said, my stepfather, he came around when I was eight. So my mom always told me and my brother, you know, like, we're a triangle, you know, that's the strongest object that's, uh, that's out there, you know, we're the triangle. It's me, you, and your brother. <laughs> so, uh, growing up, I tried to really keep that, that whole, you know, you know, I'm not no triangle, we're a square <laughs> right now, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I like to try, I try to keep my, all my family involved and updated on everything that I got going on with the kids. Nah, man. So, all right, bro. So let's get to. So we're we're talking. We're we'll go back to Friday, right? Right. So Friday, uh, two months. Uh, so Friday, two months has passed. You haven't seen your, um, you haven't seen your kids in two months, and shit. So over the last two months, it was probably what you were saying was just a lot of prayer. Had you already been through the steps of talking, you've I imagine, yeah, you had already been through the steps of talking to the therapist. But did that happen during that two months, or like some time, some a couple trips earlier? Um, yeah, actually, a few months ago, um, you know, I just kind of you kind of feel a little hopeless in the situation. You know, you go to the court, you're doing all the stuff, nothing's going, nothing's happening. Um, you you've been, you know, kept from the children from like for months in increments, you know. And uh, it finally just kind of got a, a better hold of me, so I, I, I uh, reached out back to the therapist that I had originally, and I had started seeing him uh, for around uh, around three months ago. Okay, okay, so shit, like right, right when, right when, fucking right before, you know, right, right at the right. right time. Like, <laughs> hey, he hey, he gonna show up right on time, and he really will. You can believe yep. it. But you really gotta believe it in order for it to work, you know. So, but yeah, man. Um, and that's just the God honest truth, man. That's just anything you believe. Uh, but look, man, let's talk about it, though, man. So Friday comes, um, and you hadn't seen your babies, and uh, you. So what happens, bro? So you show up. What you take that two hour drive? Was it? What happens? So what, where were you guys? What? Hour drive up, and I wasn't really expecting her to be there. I thought I'm just coming here uh, just to get the police card. So I'm gonna show up. She's gonna be gone, so she didn't have to talk to the police or anything. And um, that's that. So uh, when I walked up, I noticed the light was on, and I knocked. And uh, she opens the door. I'm kind of like surprised. And um, yeah, she's like, "Oh, it's not your day. The kids are on summer break." You're supposed to be here Sunday. And I was like, well, I know that, but um, it's Father's Day weekend. The court, the order says I'm supposed to be here Friday, so I can have them throughout the weekend. And uh, while I'm trying to say that, my daughter, you know, she runs up to me. And she's like, you know, Daddy. So I go and I try to pick her up, you know, because she's excited to see me. I haven't seen her for two months. And I just wanted a hug. But as I was reaching down, you know, she just started... Um, I don't know, she got frustrated or something. She started punching me. And, uh, you know, it took me a second to realize what was going on. And um, she she punched me a few times in the, in the head. But I was I was picking up my daughter, you know. So I pulled her ass and I turned around. I'm like, you know, so she doesn't get hit or nothing. And uh, she the door behind me. And, uh, man, you know, I'm sitting there. My daughter's crying. 
this like this big old deal. I'm like, it took me a second to process. I was like, did you just hit me? I'm like, did you just wall off and punch me in my shit three, four times while I was in the a euphoric state of seeing my kid that you just kidnapped for fucking two months recklessly without considering that I'm a parent and love and want to see my kid too? Now nah, I show up. To see my court order, you talking about you know today. Well, then why you don't know it's my weekend to see my baby on Father's Day? Why would it be your weekend? You know, the court order say what it say. I go pick my kid up and you throw closed fists at my skull while I'm in a euphoric state of seeing my kids. Come on, man. Come on, man. That's the enemy, bro, and that's why. <laughs> Look. Go ahead. So what? <laughs> so what happens next? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm still in shock. I'm just, and now, you know, I have all this adrenaline rushing me. My daughter's crying. My hands are shaking. You know, I just call 911. Um, and, uh, you know, she keeps looking out the window. And I, I don't want to get any more involved with it. I still got my daughter right there. So I, I, I head out of her apartment complex. And I'm just waiting on the street with my daughter. And, uh, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes go by, and uh, the police come by, and they're, they're asking me about what happened, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm telling them, I'm explaining the situation and all that, and uh, they ask me if they can speak to my daughter, and I said, go ahead, and they asked me to, like, put her down and let him go, and I was like, no, you know, this is my daughter, I haven't seen her in two months, uh, I prefer that she's just right here with me, I, I don't want you guys taking her back over there. Um, like she shouldn't have hit me. She shouldn't have been holding the kids from me. I don't want to lose her right now. And uh, they said, we're not going to take her. We're nothing like that. So I was like, okay, you know. Like, uh, so I, I stepped away so she can, you know, interview her. That was probably hard as fuck to step away and trust the same state that fucking's been playing fucking crowbar in between you guys for cash. But right, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, what? All right, if, uh, if they go leading them back to the apartment, like, what am I supposed to do? Run, run and block them and right. just take them? <laughs> right. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm gonna be handcuffed on the side of the street mm-hmm. at that point. Oh yeah, they got a special spot for somebody like you. You are gonna be combative because you're passionate about your kid. They gonna all just show up, call for backup, eighteen, kick you in the head, all that other stuff. When actuality you're not even like that. You're not when you're not on that. You just ch- just wanna be a father, bro. You know what I mean? And I understand oh, everybody ain't like that, but you know, it you just wanna be a dad, bro. So then what happens, bro? You put your baby down, she's talking to the police. Well, uh, I talked to the other officer because you know they, they didn't want me to be right there when uh, she was asking the questions, and I kind of I kind of got that, so I was like, all right, you know. So I stepped like maybe 10, 12 feet away, and I was talking to another officer, and uh, the other officer, you know, the one that was interviewing my daughter, she said, hey, you know, you're cool. She gave me back my daughter. She said we're gonna go talk to the other children since they were present. And at this point, my ex, she's standing in the gateway of her apartment complex, and she's staring at us. So I, I move over to the corner, so, you know, I'm not too close to her or anything like that. Right. Uh, they, another squad car pulls up so they can sit with me. I don't, I guess so I don't run away or something. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, they're saying, like, oh, we don't see any injuries. I'm saying, well, I'm like, I, she wasn't cracking me, like, easy. <laughs> 
Right, I'm saying, like, what the hell? You said no injuries. I said she hit me on the top of my shit. What you expecting, really? To hit somebody on the top of their head and leave significant injuries, you got to be hitting with the force of real, like, you got to be really dumping something to crack a skull and leave injury. You know what I mean? I'm saying, you said you want to see injury. She, she is also a chick, too, though. You know what I mean? So it's not like if she hit me... Hard as hell, she gonna lump me up immediately. Her hard as hell probably might not be shit, for real. But it don't matter. It still was hit full throttle. I could feel it. I still don't mean she ain't try to do it. Just cause her, just cause it was some weak ass shit, that don't necessarily mean. Just cause I ate them bitches up, don't mean she didn't try to do it. She still tried it. She tried it. It was some weak ass shit. But she still tried it, though. You know what I mean? That's that's it. You tried it. It was some weak-ass shit, but you tried it. And that's all you needed to do. Most of the part, it ain't even that you tried it. It ain't even that it was some weak-ass shit. It's just that you should have had enough sense and control in your body to put your daughter and your two sons in front of wilding off and hitting somebody because you upset. You feel right. me? Because forever, they're they going to forever remember that. You say your son is eight. Your other son right. is six and your daughter is three. Okay, so that means on Friday, because it's Monday right now at the time of this recording. It's Monday night. That means that means on f- Friday, they just passed. His son was still eight. His son was still six. His daughter was still three. Like these kids at eight years old, I remember stuff when I was three. His daughter's three. That's my earliest memory, three, 93. I remember three. I can remember that. I can remember bits and pieces of each little age I can remember. So it's, this is something significant. You know what I mean? They'll remember this. They'll remember this because this lady wild off and hit you in your shit while you ain't. Because her daughter, picture your daughter, man. She just running to you. She see you at your door. She ain't seen you in two months. She always oh, here. My goodness. See him. Yes. Runs up to the door to go see you, and then right at the time when you about to go grab, and you guys are about to connect, foo, 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 you getting hit in your shit. Right. Yeah, you eat them up. What the fuck was you supposed to do? Get look at it and get your face beat up? You grab your kid to cover it, but it don't matter. You took real swings. That's all you need. That's it. That's all. You can miss every single one of them. You still just violate it. Because you, you shouldn't be swinging none. But if I'm too quick, that's your problem. You still tried it, though. You know what I mean? You need better hands or something. But no, so then what happens after this injury talk, man? What Then what they do? Uh, you know, um, I was going to interview her. And my, my heart kind of drops. I'm like thinking, like, you know, I might go to jail right now. You know, I don't know what she's going to claim. Yeah. They're saying that. Injuries on me. Yeah. Thinking they're going to be on some bullshit, man. I know what you mean. Like, oh, what you mean? Ain't nothing to talk to her about. Go cuff her, man. I said she tried to whoop my ass, man. I know right. I know what you mean, bro. I know what you mean because we hear it on here all too often and we talk about it. We giggle, but for real, it's, you got to <laughs> I heard, man, you might got the same color skin I do. Nobody asks if my mom is Polish or not. They just see that I'm 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 biracial or I might be this or that. Then they'd be afraid. They see I'm built, and they see and then you come and this is an emotional charge. How much? How much you weigh, man? Hey, I'm two hundred eighty pounds. You two hundred eighty pounds? How tall are you? I'm six foot. You six foot? What? 
Just six foot? Yep, six foot. So you're six foot, 280 pounds, all right? So you're the size of a good lineman, right? And you figure a regular police officer might not be, he, you know, it. he's sizing you up. He's this, that, and the third. So, so, so. And also, what what type of damage is a, is a lady going to do to a six foot, 300 pound man for real? Right. What type of damage is she really going to do though? But that's not the point. The point is that you're still a human being. You being big or you being tall or you being nothing. Don't have you don't control none of that. I mean, you got to control your weight, but like you might like to sit at 284 a minute. You might like it. You know what I mean? If you're healthy, anything you can. But what I'm saying is is size shouldn't matter. You just shouldn't have to be assaulted. That's all. You know what I'm saying? You just want to see a kid, man. You ain't come to fight. You know what I mean? Take that energy to an MMA gym, bro, where people want to fight. For real. It's somewhere to go with it. I'm not saying that's terrible energy, but go where you can go with it, man. Don't be hitting on dudes that don't got no energy to fight. It's girls who will fight you willingly every day. They show up to class every day to fight another girl. Go there. MMA classes. They are in, available right now in every state. Go there. They will put their hands on, gloves on, and fight your motherfucking ass. Don't swing on a man. He can't fight you. <laughs> we hear it on this podcast every day, though, bro. And that's what's crazy, man. The, you know our caller last, he got your pistol shoved in his face, man. Pistol shoved in his face. I'm like, bro, that is... You... I think she could just go to MMA class or go to jujitsu, try to find something physical that you can do. Judo. Something where you can let that stuff out. Or just simply go to the gym or something. Let that out. Let it out, you know. But, yeah, man. So so what happens, man? So they go interview her. I'm sorry to get sidetracked there, bro. I really am. But I just want to point out, like, shit, do something with the aggression, bro. In case someone like that is listening. Do something with it, bro. You you, you, you know what I mean? So what happens next? Um. So what happens? Uh, they go in. I'm <coughs> scared. Blood pressure is finally starting to go down a little bit. I'm still a little bit. I have a little bit of adrenaline going with me, and I'm I'm sitting with the other police officers. And I said, "Hey, you know, uh, check. Can you ask them to check her hands?" I'm like, "They're saying they didn't see any injuries on me, but I know she was hitting me hard. I mean, she wasn't, you know, fifty percent, sixty percent on me. She was, she was, she was going. I was like, I'm pretty sure, like her knuckles have to be red. Something has, to, like, there has to be some evidence." Yeah. And uh, they were like, oh, well, you know, if she admits to hitting you, there weren't. <laughs> she did? Yeah, so uh, I guess what had happened, because didn't, they didn't tell me anything. They were just like, oh, if she admits to hitting you, we're going to take her. And I was like, well, I don't know if she's going to admit, but, I mean, my hands aren't marked up. If hers are, I mean, that's a sign that she's the one swinging. So what ended up happening is that they ended up talking to my kids. And, uh, of course, because she did it. You know what I mean? She assaulted you with eyewitnesses on the scene because she's supposed to be a mom, not out here committing crimes <laughs> in front of the children, bro. You're supposed to be out here being a mom. You feel me? Right. Then when you do, yeah, that shit is just, that shit is crazy, bro. So your son saw it too. They saw it as well. Many right. little babies was just chilling and they probably playing a game or something, minding their business, and got pulled into this. They just want to see you. Right. That's crazy. After my eight year old, like a second before this happened, you know, he was. He, they were all screaming, "Dad!" You know, they were excited to see me. Mm. 
my son, he was sitting on his knees, you know, on the towards the back of the couch, and me and him were looking at that. And my daughter runs up. I noticed she got a new haircut, so it took me a second, like, oh, that's her. So I went to go pick her up, you know, give her a hug. And all of a sudden, just, you know, she got getting me. And um, the police asked uh, the children about it, and uh, uh, the children told him, no, nah, you know, uh, she went. To, he went to go pick up uh, my sister, and um, my mom started hitting him. Um, the kids told me later on, they're like, hey, uh, mom said you tried, uh, you you slapped her first. Did you slap her? I was like, no. Did you, you guys were right there. Did you see me slap her? They said, no. But, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I'm trying to explain. I just pulled up when you see me pulled up. I don't know what, it just at least they get a chance to see how this person just pulls a story about a thin air. You know what I mean? Just pull some shit up. Remember, well, well, they was in there with her while she, while she, after she did that, she probably just lost her fucking cool, black the fuck out, and then closed the door, realizing her her uh, her daughter's outside still with you, and then just came to while she, while after she punched you in your shit, got it out. But like you. You could have took that same energy and ran a mile that morning. It ain't prevent. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. That is, like, the state was completely aiding your kidnapping. You did not have to beat this man up. <laughs> what are you mad at? You the one stealing the kids. That's interesting. Right. But, yeah, man, so then what happens, bro? So so then what happens? The police still on so the they- scene? Yeah, so they, they came back and they briefed us. They were like, hey, you know, um... Uh, she admitted to hitting you. She said that you tried to slap her first, but um, the kids said that you know you didn't you didn't try that. Um, we're gonna bring your boys out to you in a second because we don't want them to see her, you know, being put into the back of a cop car or nothing. They said um, so. You know, I uh, they told me to go wait uh, around the corner and just wait uh, for the the cops to show up with my little boys and. Uh, you know, I was waiting. I called my brother, and I was like, hey, you know, I can't talk too long. I just want to tell you, you know, like, uh, she started hitting me, and the the police got involved, and now she's being arrested right now. And, you know, my, my I had my whole family here. Every Friday, we still get together just in case they do show up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I hear everybody in the background just like, you know, like a, a sigh of relief. Like, we finally get to see the kids this week. Right. And... That, that was the main thing. So, like, my, my heart's still pumping. I'm, I'm trying to talk to my daughter. She's finally starting to calm down. And, um, yeah, that's when they started to bring my boys back. And then they told me um, that not only did they, they admit that she started hitting me, but uh, she, they admitted that uh, she's been, she'd been hitting them as well. So um, they told me, hey, you know, can you check their backs and everything, you know, in the car? We'll follow you over there and... Um, yeah, just just to make sure that there's no signs of abuse or anything. Right. Right. So I I head over there. Uh, I I checked the I checked my uh, I checked all their butts and backs, and my, I I still remember my oldest son. He was telling me no. He goes no. I have a mark on my side right here, but I I checked him first, and um, I was you know talking to the cops while he's he's telling me this, and I'm checking the other ones. And then I'm um, like, do you want me to check it? And the cops were like, okay, well, we're good then. So I was like, okay. Then, you know, I still had some adrenaline going through me. I'm still rushed up. Yeah. 
Still I'm waiting like, for okay. the cop to blame you for something. Shit. Right. <laughs> Man, and that's crazy because why the fuck should you... Like, I, I understand, bro, because that's just, like, how much mistrust is there. And it's hard to, like, tell yourself, like, you know, like... But that's, like, what's been put into the community's hearts when especially men fucking... And, you you know, you brown... Skin color, ha-ha. Nobody can tell you have a good heart. No one can tell. They just judge right away. Is this going to be a tough one or not? Like, right. I don't, I'm not here for that, sir. I'm fucking minding my business. I don't, I'm not having a adrenaline rush right now because you're at work and we're picking a job that your life is at risk. Every time you have one of these interactions, I'm just minding my fucking business. And my life is at risk every time I have one of these interactions, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, <laughs> man. Fucking, but yeah, but but so so then what happened? So they so they so they just they they at your car still the kids? Yeah, so um, he was telling me, hey, I have uh, some marks. I said, all right, you know, just calm down. When we get home, we'll, we'll get you all ready for a bath. We'll check them out, and we'll see if we'll see if you have anything. Okay? He said, okay, but it looks like it's going away. I said, all right. So I came home. I called my lawyer. My lawyer's like, hey. Because I, I denied the, the ambulance because, you know, I have the three kids with me. Yeah. I'm two hours home. I have nobody there to say, hey, you know, let, let me take the kids. You can yeah. go checked out. So, um, yeah, I, I drove home. I got home. And as soon as I get home, you know, I tell the kids, hey, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to go get checked out real quick. So I go get checked out. And um, my grandmother, she uh, she was throwing my oldest son in the, uh, the shower. And she, she, she calls me right away, you know, kind of frantic, being like, hey, I, I, I see some fading bruises on uh, my oldest son's, um, towards his butt, but like on like the side of his leg type deal. Mm-hmm. She said, I, I didn't really want to ask him too much about it, but uh, when you get home, you know, ask him. I said, well, he had brought it up, so I'll ask him. So I came over and I was like, hey, you know, where did that come from? And he said, well, my mom was hitting me with the leather belt. So I'm tripping out. I'm thinking like, what, you know, because it's against the court order. When, uh, uh, what is it, corporate punishment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not supposed to be laying hands on the kids. It's in the order. I I, I don't spank anything like that. You know, I, I believe in talking. And, you know, sometimes they, they see time out, but I don't make them sit in the corner and stare at the daughter. Nothing is, you know, mm-hmm. sit on the couch and about what you did. And I'm gonna come back and talk to you about this when we're both calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing, crazy. You know what I mean? Nothing right. crazy, but you gotta, gotta sit down sometimes. Sit here, man. Think about this hey, for a second, man. Just because in real life right. you make a mistake, <laughs> that you don't even gotta make a mistake. You hear how we're talking about this situation? They want you to sit down for so they can get profit. So you need to understand to do the right things now, or they're gonna happily sit you down. You know what I mean? Right. So just sit down now. So you, if you don't like it, then imagine. You know what I mean? Just do the right thing. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. You don't want to. Yeah, but again, my daughter came home with a black eye, bro. You know what I mean? I understand kids make mistakes and parents get mad. But like, how mad do you? How mad do you get? You know, black a kid eye. You know what I mean? Like, bro, come on now. You know, like I, I understand kids. You know, kids have a smart mouth, and they talk. But really, yeah, if you could parent them correctly, they wouldn't really have a smart mouth. Really, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're the parent that taught them to have a smart mouth, then you know, <laughs> you know. So yeah, man. So so, 
kids are with you now. They're at their, they're at your, at your grandma. You, they're talking to them about the whooping and whatnot. So then what happens? So then, uh, you know, I get curious. I'm like, man, if I missed that on him, what did I miss on the other ones? So I start looking. Uh, my my uh, youngest son, he didn't have nothing on him. And, you know, he's cool. Uh, and then my daughter, you know, she's three. She, she, uh, she, she has like three marks in the same spot. Uh, three bruises. They're uh, they're definitely fresher than my oldest son's. And I'm thinking, like, what the heck? Like, in the same spot too. Like, this isn't an incident from like tripping at the playground or something. Like, how are they in the same spot on both kids after all this? And uh, I took the pictures and I, I called up the police right away. Um, they're kind of giving me the run around. Like, oh, call your local police. And I called my local police. And I'm like, no, call back. This is an ongoing investigation through their, you know, precinct and all that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, so I called them back. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to have a, an investigator, you know, uh, call you pretty soon here uh, during about this whole deal that you just had. So, um, you know, take the pictures of the bruises and you let him know. So, uh, uh, that's where I'm at. I haven't I haven't been contacted with, uh, by the what did they say the the investigator or anything like that. It's like I said, you know, it's just Monday. Yeah, it's Monday. It's Monday. This happened. From, yep, this happened. Yep, this happened. But I mean, they'll be hitting you up. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously, he was a victim to a crime. Uh, right. And I mean, cause listen, the reality is, you know what I mean? Like, if you went to the convenience store and you tried to buy yourself a, I don't know, smart water. <laughs> and you go to the counter and your clerk just happens to punch you in your head when you reach down to get the money out your wallet. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? What is that? That's the same thing. <laughs> it don't matter if all his shots were weak. They punched me in your head. You know what I mean? So it's like, but it's a crime. You can't you can't punch people in their fucking head while you that that ain't how you play the game. You know what I mean? And when you do that to people, you know what I mean? In Grand Theft Auto, what happened? You get stars. <laughs> <laughs> you get stars. So you can't just fucking hit people. You know what I mean? That's not how it goes. You don't do that. You know what I mean? So it's like, bro, uh 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 You got your kids there. You know what I mean? You got your kids there. Now both these kids pretend they're getting hit with belts. Uh, which is powerful, man, because it's like, you know, I understand and whatnot. Like, I get it, but, like, different cultures, different. I understand, but, like, at the same time, like, kids only suck. Like, only like, hitting them with a belt ain't necessarily going to. Necessarily won't, won't change them to the good amount is gonna make them stop doing what you're doing but is it gonna really get to the core of why they doing what they doing that's making you upset it might not it might make them stop doing that but whatever it is that's triggering that or getting them to that it won't stop that you're just gonna stop that particular action and then it's gonna pop up somewhere else because you're cutting the leaf off you're not pulling the root <laughs> you know what i mean big difference you know so it's like you're gonna you're gonna yeah, that shit is just interesting, bro. You could, you could use head, you know, they could think with their head, like make them think, or you could physically hit them. Like you got, I don't know, bro. It just seems smarter to actually make them think with their head and use their brain exactly. instead of just 
kicking their ass. That's retarded, but they kids, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I, kids shouldn't be coming home with belt marks and black eyes. So, what have you been doing, man? Just talk about how they're, what it's been like since your kids have been with you, bro. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, uh, Friday came. I came. My whole family was here. They are excited to see the kids. I went to the, you know, the urgent care and mm-hmm. all that. Uh, I got the whole diagnosis for a, a head contusion and uh, for an assault and all that. <clears throat> Uh, I, I handled all that so I can, you know, have the paper trail so I can, you know, take it to court saying, hey, you know, I did get checked out for this. And um, I came back. Uh, I called off of work the next day just because, you know, I was like, ah, oh, they just saw me get hit and all that. I should just take take a day, you know, uh, put them in the pool, uh, barbecue some, some meat, and, you know, just kind of show them a good time before the, mm-hmm. you know, before the rest of our, everything unfolds. So, um, yeah, we were at a barbecue, they had fun, you know, we had all this stuff, you know, I missed my son's eight, eight, uh, eighth birthday, because it was last month, uh, she was holding him from me. Yeah. So, you know, we had to make up for that, we had to, you know, grab a cake, and, you know, sing him, you know, happy birthday, and give him the stuff that we already, we'd already had for him, you know, all, all that stuff, you know, we, you know, because uh, every week, you know, we we're always thinking about the kids, you know, buying a t-shirt here. So they came home and they're like, oh, you know, they had all this stuff that we had been grabbing, you know, throughout the weeks that we hadn't seen them. They were excited to, you know, to get into all of it. Uh-huh. So, uh, and that's really good, man, to hear, bro. Now, what, because it shows like fucking just, what it shows mostly is that, <laughs> what it shows mostly is just that, like, Hey man, stay patient, stay calm, fucking wait the time, and boom. If right. good prayer, you know, and it may feel like it's over. You may feel like you're up against it, but you have to stay faithful, bro. Stay steady. You can't just fall. Uh, no. So, all right. Um, let's talk a little bit about child support here for a second. Did you have to pay any child support throughout any of this? Uh, yeah, the whole time. Um, I had agreed because we were doing the whole fifty-fifty. So. You know, uh, like I said, it was it was a little bit better story at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Aside from being stuffed, we were able to, you know, kind of conquer all that and just kind of keep it uh, cordial. And, uh, yeah, so we had agreed, you know, because she was living with her parents. She was working some, um, what do you call those seasonal jobs? She was, mm-hmm. like, at a county fair or something. Mm-hmm. So how much were you paying a month? Uh, 600 That Was that through the court or just, like? Oh, we we had agreed about uh, about the amount, and then because um, at the time, you know, she had a, we'd only had the two kids, mm-hmm. so um, she was still seven months pregnant with my my third, and uh, we agreed on the six hundred. We took it to the courts, and the courts pushed the courts pushed it through. <laughs> they was like six hundred gladly. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, exactly. so was she? Did she have any medical aid or anything like that? Uh, no. Uh, I think last year she she uh she applied for welfare, so they they hit me up saying, you know, oh, uh, we're giving her like eight fifty, so you need to start sending the money to us. And I was like, well, I've been sending the money to her, and they said, no, nah, that's unlawful, because uh, the money's supposed to go to us, and then we send her the money. And she got real mad, and she held the kids for me because uh. You know, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be back pay if I if, if I don't give it to them." So 
I was telling her, I was like, hey, they, they, they hit me up. They're going to start taking it from my check now instead of me handing you over the check. And she's like, no, you need to still keep handing me the check. And I said, well, I can't. Like, they're taking the money from me. And she said, well, I don't care. You know, you don't hand me over the check. I'm not handing over the children. So when you went to the court with that $600 child support payment, you were making all your payments directly to her and the court signed off on that? Right. What? That's unique as hell, bro. See, because I would have thought that they would have wanted the 600 to go to them immediately. Okay, so here, let me explain to you as soon as she filed for state aid, why what you were doing was no longer acceptable for them. Okay, hear me out. Do you know what Title IV Section D is? No, sir. Okay, here it is. Title IV Section D incentivizes states to put people on child support. So the minute you signed up for, the minute you, the minute she signed up for state aid, their every single dollar that was kicked out in child support would be that exact same. The, the state gets back uh, five dollars per one dollar you kick out. So. Let's see. Okay, so, alright, so 200, uh, let's see here, bro. My math is terrible here. Let me just whip out the damn calcy so we ain't, uh. What, 125? No, it would be $5. It would be, let's see here, what would it be? It would be $5 uh, times, uh. That's $3,000. So. If you make that same six hundred payment, six hundred dollar payment, and you don't hand it to her, but you hand it to the state, not only do you pay a three dollar processing fee, right? But 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 the federal government kicks them back three thousand dollars in free incentive money just because you paid six hundred. You put six hundred in, and they get three thousand free ones back. You feel me? And guess what? It doesn't go. T- Back to SoCal. It doesn't. It goes in their pockets. It goes into their retirement funds. It goes into them. Like that same judge who says, you pay, gets paid. <laughs> For real. And their colleagues as well. That's why they're all working on one strength, like on one team. Like they're on the same team. That's why they don't see nothing wrong with <laughs> ever changing shit up because they're getting back, you know? And two, they're overloaded with work. And two, it, they're kind of following suit because it's been going on for four generations at this point. You know what I mean? But there's new right. judges stepping on the scene who are who are fucking going, fighting, going against status quo. But um, yeah, man. So that's that's the deal. You know what I mean? It's six hundred dollars. No longer if you put it. And a lot of people don't know what Title Four Section D is, bro, because they don't understand right. that. Family Court is a $50 billion business, bro. They do, NFL only does $10 billion a year. So it's like, fucking just on the, you know, on the scale, you know, just of how massive the amount of cash that they bring in off of allowing dads to get their children stolen. It's it's a lot. You know what I mean? You picture the whole, I'm talking the whole Family Court business is a $50 Because you figure you paid 10 bands for a lawyer, right? Right. And then you said you you said if you, if you wouldn't have got your heads beat the fuck up what what it wasn't like he was making any waves on your case he didn't win your case bro she won your case you know right. what I'm saying for real what did he do for right. real I'm being serious you not saying it you not and you not being disrespectful you not I am 
Because I don't know him. I don't really know you. I might know you at this point. I'm on your team for sure, though. So I'm just openly saying, openly saying, honestly, like, <laughs> that the, uh, the other party won the case because they lost their cool and beat and was beating on their kids. The same in my same in my situation. My lawyer didn't win my case. My daughter came home with a black eye, bro. My kids kept getting beat on by dolphins. If they got a smart mouth, cause y'all ain't raise them. You know what I'm saying? Take 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 a little bit of time and love them and teach them to do the right thing when nobody looking. Instead of. You know what I mean? Just a little bit of just a little bit of energy. He ain't gotta. But instead, you are whatever you doing and you beating on these kids, bro. And that ain't that ain't. You know what I mean? I don't know, bro. And then had the audacity to beat try to beat you up. <laughs> and you six feet three hundred pounds. Like what you about to? What you trying to? That's another thing, too, because, you know, I always told my kids, you know, you never hit nobody. You never hit nobody. You know what? You defend yourself. That's the only time it's right to, you know, to actually hit someone. When they're, If they're hitting you, you hit them back. But at the same time, you know, do I still keep telling them that? Because I was just involved in a situation where if I would have hit her back, I would have been handcuffed and thrown in the back of a squad car quick. Man, what? What? If you would have did out, what? What? It wouldn't even matter. It don't matter. You know what I mean? And that's the whole thing behind it. Like, it's, there is no, it's, it's, you know what I mean? So how could it be prevented just flat out? But but to say you still got to defend yourself is important, but it's extremely important to talk about the discrepancies. But all right, now, if a chick is fucking going crazy, you still, you got to, you still got to keep in mind when, whenever they get there. They're blaming you. You know what I mean? So, like, that's it. That's all it really is. And I had a cop one time. I was in a very uh, unfriendly area for people of <laughs> any hue with any tint on their skin. Man. And I, but I, I'm still half, I'm still half Polish, bro. I speak, speak well. And I, I don't just expect to be treated any other way except human. And I, I, I would ask these police, like, what am I supposed to do? This person's acting crazy as hell, man, just calling the police and hanging up and shit, because they mad, he says, brother, take off running out the back door, just run out of here, just, if you feel it starting up, just go for a run, just, just run out of here, dude, I was like, you know, that's like great advice, but like the next time I did it, then like the person called the police that actually showed up, and then like the person was mad that I just like ran out, you know what I'm saying, and then like, like that, you know what I mean, but like, not about that, but it's just like, why should you have had even had to feel that type type of energy? Yeah, but you should still teach your kids to defend themselves, though, and, and the importance of defending yourself. But yeah, man, the fact that you have to have that on your conscience right now is fucking wild. You know what I mean? I took the hits to the head. Man. Turned them. You know, that way, we could stop all of it. Yeah. And well, the here's lesson. the thing. You... Did your job. Your job at that point wasn't necessarily to defend yourself no more. You was defending your kid. You put right. your kid's safety in front of yours like books. If you gotta take some 
if you gotta take somebody throwing some shots, that's full throttle, far, full throttle for them. But it doesn't really hurt to you too much or none. Just to keep make sure your kid doesn't actually get hit because it doesn't sound like the person too much cared about the little baby girl, which is unique because it's like you know, you're a girl, she's a girl. Seems like it should, <laughs> seems like you should have a connection there. But the the little girl crying and you just slam the door, bro. What's important right now? Fighting or being a parent? Or loving these kids, man? Or showing them stability and showing them love, man? Think about them, bro. You might right. be feeling angry, but it's something to do with that anger. You did the right thing, man. You got out the way. You 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 covered the blow. You sound like you might have a big head, bro. Maybe you covered your daughter's whole head and she might have missed a lot, large portion of it. You know what I mean? Might have. Because you swooped in on her. You know what I mean? Grabbed her out the way. She still felt it and might have still seen it. But think about the portion that she didn't see because you was in the way. Her. Your son's still seeing it. They're a little older. But, like, there might have still been a small portion she didn't see. Might have. Only you know. But, like, perhaps. You know what I mean? Fucking. That shit is remarkable, though, man. No, you did the right thing. You protected your daughter first. And that's what you're supposed to do because you're a parent and a protector. You know what I mean? And a provider should God give him right to be a father. Anyway, it ain't like we shouldn't have to keep going in these courtrooms, bang, bang, bang our hands and knees. Mount, you wasn't there when I made. This is mine. How you going to come in and tell me what to do with my genetics, man? You don't have no jurisdiction over this. <laughs> what did I do wrong that did gave you jurisdiction over my genetics? You trying to put me into your fucking scheme. And a lot of people ain't thinking like that. They're just like, okay, state, whatever you say. Because we don't aren't taught the law. We aren't taught to know what's important. We're taught to know when Christopher Columbus got here and found some shit that was already found. You know what I mean? That's what we taught to know is important. That shit ain't important. What's important is knowing the laws. Teach the people what they got to follow the rest of forever. Teach us that. You know, everyone, not just... Yeah, that shit is that shit is remarkable. We got, we, yeah, that shit is just remarkable, bro. We did have a dad on here from Kentucky. We'll be finishing up his episode here soon. But I was talking about dads in fifty fifty states. They don't even know it's a fifty fifty state, bro. So teach these people, bro. Why are you? Yeah, it's that's another topic. But listen, man. So really quickly here. Uh, so what's your plan when you get to court, bro? You're gonna pretty much just uh, you're gonna just ask for just gonna go ahead and ask for full custody of your babies? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna request uh, full custody of the kids. Um, uh, my lawyer has the whole thing. I got no contact up until the court date. And then even after the court date, we're gonna ask for monitored visits. Um, up until she completes, you know, some anger management courses. And mm-hmm. uh, there was something else. It's like a 52 week battering parent class or something like that. Hey. And um, so that's what that's what we're going for right now. Then I was, you know, going to try to put this four years behind us. I was going to try yeah, to take yeah. a trip, and, uh, not too far, sit in the same state or something, just kind of get away somewhere new, so they can have something else to think about. We can all just kind of clear our heads and like really just breathe for a second. And uh, that sounds that sounds like a marvelous idea. I like I like the sound of that, man. Exactly, you know, uh, start creating some good memories to kind of overlap the the this last four years that we have. 
I really, really like the sound of that, man. That sounds good. A nice trip just to get, just to get, get to get the past, all the bullshit, just behind, just everything behind because you already know moving forward, you are in a new direction. This thing's in a new place. <laughs> this thing right. is in a new place, you know? But now it's time to start moving like a champion. You, your kids are with you, you know? And that's the thing. Okay, so my kids are with me, but. You don't just start winning like, oh, you don't start moving like, I'm up by 100. Let's do this thing. No, the score is 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to still attack this thing every day, like, you know, and putting the past behind you. And that's fucking part of moving like the score is still 0-0 zero, zero because you can't be stuck in what happened yesterday. You got to still maintain what, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, it's it's... It's just good to know that you get a chance to see your kids, bro. It's good to know that you get an opportunity to be a dad. It's good to know that, you know, it's, it's just makes me feel good, bro. Dads out there need to hear. You do the right thing. You stay perse- you persevere. You stay after the goal. Shazam. You know what I mean? So, let's talk about, uh, let's talk a little bit about, because uh, we're going to conclude here shortly. So, I just do want to ask these couple, these concluding questions, like, What's been your biggest, like, takeaway from everything that's happened so far? Like, what have you learned? Like, what's been the most thing that stuck out as far as, like, what you've learned in this instance? Just through everything. Um, personally, bro, the, the biggest lesson that, you know, uh, I feel like I got from this was, you know, really make sure that the person that you're uh, going to take into that, you know, whole personal connection and really come into the whole fatherhood deal uh, make sure that person's, you know, really down to ride with you because, you know, we, we spent the better half of seven years together and uh, we didn't, we hardly fought. It wasn't a toxic relationship or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It, it was, uh, when it went south, it went way south. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, you really think about it before, you know, you don't wrap it up or whatever, whatever the case be. You know, if that's the person that you're really, because whether or not you marry him or not, you know, that's the person that's going to be stuck around for the rest of your life. Even if I win this court case and everything, you know, I'm still thinking about, like, when my, my daughter gets married. Yeah. You know, that's 20 years, 30 years down the line, hopefully. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I'm still, I'm, I still may have to come face to face with her. And, uh, you know, it's it's not a until you get divorced type deal. It's, it's, it's for life, for sure, you know. Um, you know, it really puts that into perspective when you're thinking about all this and you spend years fighting for the children and everything that, you know, like I made a life decision at 18, you know, I made a life decision at 18 and, uh, you know, I I probably wasn't smart enough to make any kind of life decisions at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's probably kind of like the biggest lesson here is, you know, you, you really got to think about the stuff you do. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then of course always be there for your kids because you don't you don't know what's gonna what they're going through on the other side of the door or or anything like that you know uh sometimes the kids don't talk as much as they should sometimes you know you don't ask as much as you you should be and uh you know it really that's kind of like those two things right there really think about what you're doing and then talk to the kids you know don't don't pressure them or nothing just you, you make sure that you, you have that open door type deal with them. You know, you got father, you tell them. Okay, so 
how about this, man? Because I think, I think those are some powerful things, man. And you really caught me when you said those folks are going to be around type deal. A lot of these, all these stories you hear, we we hear this and then we got to realize at some point these folks got to be back. And it's really been some super crazy, crazy stories. You know what I mean? But I think we can cut back on all the fighting if we just don't. If we just don't allow fighting to happen by simply equaling out the laws. Or sh you know what I mean? This way people, you part your way, part this way. But there's a law in place here that says we don't got to fucking fight this thing out. Because half of this is mine, half of this is yours. That's the law. That's the that's my God gets our right. Each of our God given rights. But that should also be the hard written law as well. You steal my right. kid, you in trouble. I steal your kid, you in trouble. Unless you prove that you punch my kid in the eye, or unless you leave my kid with a dolphin, or unless in your case your kids are getting beat with belts and and the person's willing to fucking wild off and stole you and you, know, you in your head for no reason while you just trying to pick your kid up, like unless them then even then, but even then, you know what I mean? I don't know, bro. It's just it's it's look, bro. My next question is this. <laughs> what advice would you give to a dad who is basically being alienated from his child right now? Hey, keep your head up and uh, keep going on the good fight. You know, I joined these uh, these single fathers uh, support groups and, you know, I still found myself getting depressed. You know, just realizing that other fathers aren't just going through what I've been going through. But not that my situation wasn't even like the worst of the worst. There are people going through harder stuff, and it, it doesn't. It, at, at times, it doesn't feel like, oh, that's good to hear. You know, like why? Why is that a good thing? You know, that father, other fathers have it even worse. Like where you said, where um, they had that pistol shoved in their face. You know? Yeah, no, no, no. I know what you mean, bro. I, I, bro, I've been hearing some crazy things since doing this podcasting, but it gives me an opportunity to know we're a community. You know, exactly. So, fucking community. Like whatever pa one parent would do to another parent, you gotta you gotta think about what they're willing to do to the child too. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're willing to alienate you from them, they're trying to keep the child away from someone that loves them. They're trying to keep them away from love. You feel me? And that's already one thing. But what else are they willing to do? So you just go ahead and keep on fighting that good fight because the kids still need. It, it gets hard. It gets depressing. Uh, you get some bad thoughts sometimes. And you just want to wild out too, but nah, just you keep your composure, you breathe, seek therapy, because that really helped me. And uh, you keep fighting that good fight for as long as it takes. And, you know, even if it's just throwing paperwork into the courts without a lawyer and everything, just so you, you keep that paper trail going, mm -hmm. just so that the court knows that you, you're, you still have your mind on the children. Mm -hmm. You just keep doing what you got to do. And um, just hey, worst comes to worst, eighteen the kids will be there with you. Mm -hmm. Eighteen, you gotta keep. <laughs> it's a marathon. They'll still be alive for a lot longer than after they're eighteen. You know what I mean? Right. It's important to still have a good relationship, and that's why I know a lot of these dads hurt. But I know, like at the same time, when we think about uh, like a lawyer like Melissa Isaac, uh, things did things. Probably when you listen to her story, it doesn't sound like things were all the best when she was eight up and well, when she was fucking 16, 17, 
And then when she was 18, she gets to be around her dad. Then I, I asked her when she was on a casting week, so how's her relationship with your dad and all? Like, he's how proud of you. She, he's super proud, you know what I mean? But it's like, fucking, it's dope to know that, like, her, what happened to her dad, bro, created a, a monster of a lawyer. Like, the, not out of him, but out of his daughter, bro. You know what I'm saying? Of all things. How powerful is it to have a woman fighting for the real actual thing, bro? Not, like, just going through the system, like, a railroading, but, like, really actually putting on the fight for dads, man. You know, that's powerful, man. Uh, if there's any listeners out there in Florida or Alabama, I would definitely advise you to reach out to Melissa Isaac, uh, uh, she's licensed in both Al- both Alabama and Florida. Uh, our pit bull lawyer. Um, also, we're talking California right now. So, if you are a father in California, um, I would advise reaching out to Mark Real. That's Mark R E E L. Um, and yeah, man, I think we need fight. We need lawyers who are hungry to fight for um, equality for fathers that are actually passionate about that and are that. That matters. It really, really does. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, man, if you could say something to a mother out there uh, who's alienating a child uh, from their from their parent, from their father, uh, what would you say to her? You know, I'd say that the, the hardest thing to do is kill someone with kindness. And sometimes they make that kind of, like, impossible for you. But, um... The, the main thing we got to be focused on is the kids. Mm-hmm. And if the, the other parent's willing to love your kid, you shouldn't be shielding your kid from love. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just about that, you know? Yeah, no, and I believe it too because, you know, we've heard I had a lot of dads on here say say something to, you know, hey, karma, hey, uh, how would you like it if the shoe was on the other foot? <laughs> Things like that, man. And... And they're all stand true. And that's why it's important to continue to ask because the same thing, man, keep, you know, you're hurting yourself, you're hurting your kid, you're hurting, you're trying to hurt the other person. But when your kid is upset at you and doesn't like you because of you taking and robbing them from the experience with the other parent for, for absolutely no reason, and they'll know it was for no reason, like... They're going to not like you. You're hurting yourself. You know? They're not going to like you. you. You're hurting yourself. You know? So, yeah, man. I think that was powerful, man. Listen, I appreciate um, you stopping by and speaking and telling your story, man. And I think a lot of dads can learn from you. Um, everyone listening to this has to keep in mind that uh, last, uh, what's today, Monday? Last Monday... Um, this gentleman didn't have his children. He didn't know when the next time he would see his children was. He thought Father's Day was coming and he was going to miss it because this person had been kidnapping his child, his children. He didn't know. This is a real-life story. This happened This happened Friday. Friday, this man shows up to see his children. Foo, foo, foo. Gets hit in the head for showing up, basically, just for his court orders. You know, like he just showed up. On a Tuesday, looking to be, you know, he showed up with court order stuff, man. So, yeah, I think I think this was a powerful listen. He kept his cool. He protected his children, and God gave him his children. He said he was heavily prayed up while he waited. And people need to hear this, man. You know what I mean? This is this is powerful. Also, um, any dads out there, uh, you can support this podcast. Uh, there's a support 
there's a support link in the uh, on the main page. But more importantly than that, this is what you can do. All you have to do is copy the link. Share this link with your friends. Share this link with, I don't know, some dads you may know hurting. If you're any dads out there listening to the, or in any groups or, or you're starting your own movement, share this link. Share it. Let's post it. Let's get it around. Let's get the word out. Next, uh, there's... If there's any dads out there in Canada, uh, or if there's any Canadian listeners out there, period, uh, I need you to sign a petition. You can start by signing petition 3298, uh, Presumption of Shared Parenting, out there in Canada. Again, please, uh, you can... You can just Google it, 3298, Presumption of Equal Parenting in Canada. One more time, 3298, Presumption of Equal Parenting in Canada. Uh, And fill out the petition. If you're in Canada and you want to see change, you're tired of kidnappings legally happening right there in front of you, you want to do something to make a change, fill that petition out. Don't just sit around and watch. If you're in Pennsylvania, here's what you can do. Uh, You can... um, you can you can reach out to uh, Bulldog Athletic Wear uh, for all your father's uh, all your father's rights apparel. Uh, he's I do believe he'll be shipping out. I think he does next day shipping or something to that nature. I'll be I'll be speaking more on that soon. Again, uh, Mike, listen, man, you've done excellent, 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 excellent work. Um, and getting your children back and staying patient and not folding. I can't wait to hear more of your story and what happened and, and what you do next. Please continue to keep leading. Don't stop. Um, dad's out there. Keep your heads up. And, yeah, until next time, man. And also, really quick, uh, we're a community. Make sure you, you, you lock my number in. You keep me keep me dialed in on Facebook. You keep interacting with me. Uh, any people out there want to interact with me, it's... Uh, at jpbrown.dfm on Instagram. That's jpbrown.dfm. And then on Twitter, it's OG underscore jpbrown. Uh, but if you want to talk to me, talk to me there, whatever. Unless we come across each other on Facebook, talk to me there, whatever. We're a community. You ever feeling down, feel alone, you hit me up. You ever want to talk, you ever want to get in touch with somebody who's on the podcast, you hit me up. We're a real community, bro. Uh, yeah. And again, I appreciate you. Hey, man, I really appreciate, you know, uh, giving me some time out to just kind of talk about everything that, you know, happened and, you know, straighten it all out. And, mm-hmm. No, I really get to be given the chance to be able to get heard for a second. Yeah, man. That's what it's all about, bro. And if there's anyone out there that hear, heard Mike's story and you feel like you really relate to Mike, maybe you just feel like you relate to Mike more because you feel like you guys come from the exact same culture and you can tell by how I speak. I'm not from that necessary culture. Maybe you could tell more so that Mike is from that side of town. He's he's over there on the West Coast, and you're from the West Coast. You're in SoCal. Hit, let me know. I'll get you through the mic, man. If you feel like a conversation with Mike, man, can get you off the ledge, talk you off the ledge, you hit me up, man. We're a community, and I promise you, bro, I will do everything I can to get you through the mic. Um, and man, we're a community, man. Let's grab some, grab somebody's somebody's hand who's down and pull them off the dirt, man, and get they get get the dust off them, man. Let's get after it. Thanks again, Mike. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you. All right, hey, thank you again so much. All right.